Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Project Sports. It's good to have you. It's been a bit since I've dropped an episode, but uh, here we are in January 1st, 2022. Welcome to the new year. A lot has happened since I've been last on the podcast. I did a podcast with Matthew Bishop called Musical Disc Golf. That was pretty fun. I haven't really done much sports recently, but I'm going to be back on it. Um, this new year, new year, new goals, right? So coming in, we're probably going to start doing two episodes per week. I know it's a big commitment to someone who has missed a large portion of episodes from week to week. But I had a lot of life events going on. Things have seemed to calm down. And now we should be able to roll. Two times a week, hopefully get a guest on. If not, I'll be on by myself at least once during the week and then get a guest on with the other episode. Uh, yeah, so the most recent thing that you know we, we have to talk about is John Madden, the passing of John Madden and you know what he means to myself and in the bigger picture of the sports world. Um, what a titan in the NFL as far as a sports broadcaster or coach. Um, I had the privilege of growing up playing the Madden games and it having been named after him. But then, honestly, my very first experience with John Madden, and I can remember most vividly, is the 2001 Super Bowl with the Patriots versus the Rams. Um, and I'll never forget, not that it's – he was he was telling the Pats, why are you going for it? Why are you trying to push down the field? But I remember – you can always remember John Madden's voice and how he had such an effect on the game. And I, I'll never forget how he was saying, what are the Patriots doing? Brady should be just running. The Patriots should be running the ball and Brady's throwing it. And then, you know, everyone knows what happens. And Venturi kicks the game winning field goal. The Patriots go on to win their first Super Bowl. Um, I'll never forget that moment uh, with my father and uh, listening to John Madden call that game. And pretty much every Super Bowl until he, he stopped um, uh, being a color announcer. Unbelievable, man. Um, the stories you hear coming out um, involving him from other people who are close to him or just people in the sports world who are coming out with these stories is pretty amazing to hear. So rest in peace, John Madden. Thank you for all that you've done. Now let's jump into some sports. Uh, before we totally get into the NFL and the Patriots, because I haven't talked about them in a little bit, and we have a lot to get to with the Pats. Uh, my, me and my brother were talking last night during New Year's and he was talking about rookie cards, and one of my cousins was sending him one, and he was saying the Mac Jones rookie card is, you know, it's already super expensive. And so today I, I went online and went to eBay, and I looked up a Mac Jones on a 10 scale, so it's like 10 through 1 of the rating of how mint condition they are. And that card was $10,500 just to start the bid on there, and it was pretty unbelievable. I know trading cards are people who are really getting into it nowadays. I don't really know much about it. I just thought it was interesting that a Mac Jones card. So in comparison, I try to th throw up someone else who, I don't want to say comparable, but you know, Joe Burrow won the national championship two years ago and entered the NFL last year as a rookie. Um, I looked up his card and his was about three to four mint condition, uh, 10, his rookie card. So three to four grand. So Mac Jones is at a 10-5 right now. I thought it was pretty cool. And then, yeah, I looked up uh, Tom Brady's, of course. Just wanted to see what his rookie card was worth these days because it gets, obviously, it must be a prized possession. $400,000. My goodness, 400000 Woo! 
That was just some of them. Now, some of the cards, depending on what they are, what brand they are, they vary in price. Not all are the same. But there's, I think, a certain brand of card that is more expensive because I was looking at some of the tabs on them and they were made by different companies. Again, I don't know much about it. I just thought it was a cool conversation. So if you're looking into trading cards, rookie cards in the NFL, hey, it's a good business or a good investment. Who knows what that Mac Jones rookie card that's only worth 10000 now, what it could be in 20 years from now if you think he's going to be winning multiple championships with the Patriots or he's just that guy that kind of flakes out, you know, whatever you think. Is it a good investment? Is it not? Whatever. So I guess we're going to get into the Patriots and their downswing. Uh, playing pretty much like crap the past couple of weeks. Came out off the bye with the Colts, just look not looking alive. Uh, sluggish, slow, weren't ready to play. They got pushed around. Soft is the only word that comes to mind when I think about that game. I was so frustrated, and by the you know by the halftime, I was just like, wow, they just they don't have it tonight. They're not coming back. They they showed a little bit of fight in the third and fourth quarter, but it just seemed like a lot of the plays in, in defensively and offensively, they just didn't have it. Um, the repertoire between Mac Jones and Hunter Henry has been fantastic, but it's not showcased every single week. It always seems like in an emergency situation when we're down, we're trying to have a comeback. They start making some plays. And then you see Hunter Henry in the red zone. He does a lot off blocking the whole game. And then all of a sudden, it comes to red zone target. There it is. It might be part of the gameplay. Maybe that's just how it's constructed. I'm not sure. But I will say, I wish I could see more of that all around. Like during the drives, not just in the red zone target. And maybe if we could score first and be ahead, we wouldn't have to play from behind. Because I think it's going to be a serious issue going into the playoffs. Is playing from behind like we have is obviously not working. Now, it, realistically, where do we see the Patriots going forward into the playoffs after these? Because you, you played two contenders in the Colts and the Buffalo Bills the past two weeks, and now you're going to be playing the Dolphins and the Jaguars uh, up here this week. Okay, so you win out these two games. You know, you, let's say you blow out both teams, okay? Because right now the Dolphins are actually playing pretty well. They're on a, a long winning streak, and they probably got some confidence, and they're probably going to want to beat the Patriots, so that's probably not a shoe-in. But this week with the Jaguars, you should win. Let's say you win out and you go into the playoffs. I still don't feel confident because you're beating two teams that are not at the level uh, that the Bills and the Colts were, and the AFC is a mess in general. But what team are we going to get when we get to playoff time? We'll be happy with one playoff win. Are we going to be mad that they don't even win a playoff game? How do you feel about it? Because I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I expect at least one, and I wouldn't say one playoff win, that is. And I wouldn't say at the start of the season, that's what I thought. I, I had no inkling of being like, yeah, we got to win. We have to win one playoff game this year. But now since the season is gone and I've seen what the defense has done and how they've performed at certain times during the season, now I have an expectation of it. And, I, and I'm obviously, I think all of us have been like, you know, after beating the Bills, we were the first seed of the playoffs in the AFC. And then the next two weeks, well, the next three weeks, they had the bye. And then the two games, boom, boom, you've been knocked down a peg. You know, which Patriots team will we see? It's very scary to have an answer to that because I don't think that there's anyone who could give a definitive like, hey, this is what it's going to be. We're kind of in that middle ground of like, we don't know. We're kind of that middle of the pack team if we make the wild card. Maybe we can make a run into the playoffs and get hot at the right time, but who knows? Um, they don't seem sound on defense as they once did a couple weeks ago, and their offense plays well when it's ahead. 
And Mac Jones is a rookie. We all have to remember he's a rookie. I find it funny. I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts on on uh, Mac Jones and people's takes. And man, people are so week to week with him. And they 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 always try to mention, oh, he's just a rookie. He's just a rookie. And then it was like, yeah, but he's playing well, and he set the tone for you know where he's at, and he's an elite elite uh, player. And I really do think that there's parts of his game that are different than other rookie QBs. Coming to the league, he gets it, but he also has a really stable franchise underneath him. And my thing with quarterbacks is how do you do in year two, year three, year four, and where do you go from there? Like Carson Wentz was highly regarded when you know he, he started and after his rookie year. You know, Joe Burrow was highly regarded coming in, and he had like a pretty pretty much a rough year his first year. And now look at his second year. He's making a playoff run, and he's really leading the Bengals to, you know, a good, uh, a good season. And then you got someone like Trevor Lawrence, who's touted since he was 15 years old, coming into the league. Everyone's expecting the world of him, and now he's in Jacksonville struggling. And I still hear some people say, well, that's not an excuse. You're in the NFL. Some, some professionals who are giving takes on this are saying that. Now, I'm not saying if I disagree or not. I always say play the waiting game. You know, what's going to happen in year two or three? You, you get a window in your rookie year when you start of like, hey, can you play in the NFL? And if you can prove that. But if you come in highly touted as a, you know, as the first pick in the draft, you'll probably get that second year, which I think Trevor Lawrence obviously will. But, you know, in 10 years, will we look back and be like, yeah, he wasn't as good as everyone thought he was going to be. He couldn't handle the NFL. We don't know. I, I still think that Trevor Lawrence down the road, once he has a better option for a team, as far as the, the team built around him is a little bit better, maybe they go into the draft and really help him out on defense or an offensive target or an offensive lineman that really changes things, brings in some free agents. But, hey, I didn't mean to get off on a Trevor Lawrence tangent, but just my thoughts of this this draft coming in because – Again, I always say, if you think about Mac Jones and his situation, it's kind of been perfect. He went to the place that probably best fit him and his work ethic and the Patriots' work ethic and some of the foundational pieces on every side of the ball with an offense, defense, special teams of the captains. And pretty much they've, had, they've got some good cornerstones or players that have played there for a long time. So Mac Jones really has benefited from that. Uh, we'll see how he does going forward. I think he's going to be a QB that's going to progress and keep moving forward. That's my personal opinion. But I think that rookie card will be worth something someday. That's all I'm saying. You know, maybe we'll get that 10000 to at least 50000 That's a good investment. It's a $40,000 uh, profit on that. So <laughs> I think it's good. Do, do, do I think that the Patriots can recover this season and actually make a Super Bowl run? I'd have to see a lot change in the next two weeks and be them fundamentally sound. And that first playoff game, I have to see something that I haven't seen before. And, you know, trickling into that consistency and maybe some of the wide receivers being more productive. Hunter Henry during some of the drives, the defense sticking together. But I don't want the Patriots to be relying on the defense for everything. Both sides of the ball have to show up or I just don't think you have a championship talent roster if you can't do that. And it's still, I will say, I guess it's still up in the air for me. There was a lot of people who maybe be down and out, and some people may be over, um, you know, maybe over-optimistic about it. But for me, here I am. I'm, that's all I'm going to look at. That's all I'm going to say is I'm right in the middle. I haven't made my decision yet. 
I've been very, very frustrated with how they've performed. We'll see what happens going forward. I'm excited for it. That's why you watch football. I'm, I'm going to be watching the playoffs anyway. I can't wait to see the NFC side. I'm really looking forward to, and I hope we get another Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers NFC championship game because, you know, both those guys don't have a lot of years left. And, uh, man, I'll, I'll just take the nostalgia and have these big-time players playing in big moments. So the playoffs are going to be fantastic. The Titans are, are a really good football team. Um, the AFC is just it's, – it's, it's, it's kind of – a couple weeks ago it was all over the place, and it kind of seems like the Chiefs and the Titans are finally solidifying themselves in the Colts. But Jonathan Taylor, I'm not a huge fan of that team only because they have to rely so heavily on one player. And running backs don't carry teams to the Super Bowl anymore. It's got to be done in multiple ways. And Carson Wentz is just, to put it lightly, he's not elite. And I don't think he could manage anything against a top team. And in a top pressure moment against the Kansas City Chiefs, like, I just don't see it. And honestly, in good coaching of Mike Vrabel, the defense of Derrick Henry comes back on the Titans, that offense, even with Tannehill, I just think that they're more sound of a football team, more sound of an organization that the Colts are not going to be able to defeat a team like that going forward. Um, so for me, it's those two. And then we'll see how the Patriots develop and move forward. I don't have high hopes on them. If we win a playoff game, I'll be super happy with the season. And I think it's something we can build upon. Obviously, everyone wants to win a Super Bowl. It goes without saying. We'll see how things roll. I guess I can jump into basketball real quick. I want to cover it just because I'm so frustrated with the Celtics. It's so funny. I had this whole thing set up in my head where I was just probably going to, you know, crap on the Celtics, be really negative about it. And then they go and beat the Suns. They go beat the Suns. And I'm confused, but not really because they're still the same team. They got a lot of issues and a lot of problems. Uh, I wonder if some big moves are coming up here during the trade deadline as far as Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Is someone going to move? Is there going to be a roster shakeup somehow, some way? I wonder. I'm, I'm just, you know, at what point is it not Brad Stevens' fault anymore? You got the first-year head coach. When does the team and the players start owning up to what they're performing? Who is it? Is it Jalen? Is it Jason? Is it the whole chemistry of the players together that's just not working? Because in the past... We've seen lesser talent play much better than the Boston Celtics. It is extremely frustrating at this point to watch this team get dismantled by teams who have no business beating them, and yet they lose. The anomaly that happened last night where they beat the, the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference, who were number two, is just whatever. I don't know. You got hot. Maybe the, the Suns had a bad game. Whatever. I, I don't know what they need to do, but I'm getting really frustrated. You threw away, you messed up the whole thing with Kyrie, Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Hayward. Now you, you may potentially be having to trade away Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, which we all think if it had to be one, it would be Jalen. You've turned the team over multiple times. You've really debacled the whole bunch of picks that you were touting over that you had with the Brooklyn Nets. It's frustrating because I don't even talk about them on my podcast because they're so horrible and awful to watch as a basketball team. You watch the highlights. Every night you see them oh, just lose. They're, they're winning in the second quarter, and then the game ends, and boom. The score line, they, they lose by 10, 15 points, and you're like, how did that happen? 
you watched I watched the highlights the next morning. I'm like, man, they just don't play defense. And they got two players who maybe only care about themselves right now, an all-star, all-star players in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I don't know what their issues is, but obviously they got to shake it up. And we have to look to Danny Ainge to be like, dude, what are you doing? And yeah, Danny Ainge isn't a part of the organization anymore. Okay. And here we go. You know, this is what Danny Ainge left Brad Stevens in the GM role. If Brad Stevens wants to revamp all this at this point, I don't care what he does, but I've never seen such a heartless because I, someone was trying to compare them to the Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker timeframe. That team made an Eastern Conference finals. OK. And on the backs of just Jalen and Jason, that hasn't happened. They've been to the Eastern Conference finals, but not on their terms, not by themselves. Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker did that by themselves as their players. So it's a bad reference. I've never seen such a heartless team with more talent. You have the talent. You should not even be close to being this bad. But yet, here we are. That's enough of the Boston Celtics and the NBA in general. Uh, you know, the Western Conference and the Warriors, they're back, and they don't even have Klay Thompson on the, on the, on the floor yet. Imagine what they're going to be. Uh, in my opinion, the Lakers are not as good as everyone thought they were. They want to... You know, COVID bubble championship that was more like a AAU tournament in Florida for them. Uh, who who even knows how? I don't know. I I thought it was good at the time. I had an episode called the Bubble Champions. It was difficult in its own regards. Do I look back and say, "Wow, the Lakers should have," you know, they win a world championship? I don't know. Not the way championships have been won over the last I don't know forty years. These seven game series, whatever. Anyway, done with that. Moving on to the EPL soccer. I save it for the end of the podcast because I don't know. There's not a lot of Americans who like soccer, but I love Liverpool, the EPL, European Champions League. We're concluding this part of the first part of the season. My team, Liverpool, they're hit a bit of a skid. Chelsea is hit a bit of a skid these past five or six games, both of them. The Liverpool lost a really close one to Leicester in the final minutes of the game. They score win one nothing. These two teams play tomorrow against each other, and for both franchises, this is this is a huge matchup for this year. Manchester City, not even looking back, just winning games over and over. They're almost up ten points over um, Liverpool and I think about eight over Chelsea. Whatever the standings are. It, you know, anytime I've seen Man City go this high and them playing this fluid, it's pretty much over. I know we got a long way to go. Many things could happen. Players could get hurt. Things can change. Um, if things stay the way they are right now and they play healthy, who knows? I'm just disappointed in the way Liverpool has approached this, knowing coming into the month of January you get the Africa Cup and you're going to be losing – Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane, you're not going to have them for a few games. And now we're really going to feel it hurt coming up here soon because losing those, those two players is going to be, it's going to be hurtful. It's going to suck. And Chelsea has got players to choose from on their bench. You know, the starters for Liverpool, bar none, one of the best rosters starting eleven. In the world, their bench is not as good as other teams like Chelsea, 
Manchester City, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and they just the Paris, uh, Paris Saint Germain. We we don't have the bench that they have, so we'll see what happens. But we do have the chemistry; we could pull up wins against Premier League teams of lesser talent. Thank goodness we have them for this upcoming match here against Chelsea tomorrow. We'll see how things pan out. Next month in February, we'll have Champions League again. That will be very exciting to talk to. Hopefully get some uh, some Champions League fans on here to be able to speak their mind about who they think is going to progress. We'll have some of the home and away matches. Probably the best time of the year for soccer. You're in the midst of the ending of the regular leagues and then also having these intense matchups with the Champions League. And it's just a fun time of the year for um, for sports in general. And I guess just one last topic that I wanted to get into. Has Cristiano Ronaldo lost it? As far as holding that place on a team where he transforms everything and makes other players better and the team is very successful, blah, 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 blah. The answer to that question is yes for me. If anyone wants to come on the show and debate me on that, we can. I'll make a bold statement because I believe it's true. Because Manchester United is not sitting in the top three. Champions League right now for Ronaldo is extremely important. I would say the same for Messi as well. I'm only bringing these two up, obviously, because they've ran the soccer world for the last 15 years. And maybe there's a shift in power because I don't know how this is all going to play out. Manchester United is in no position to win the EPL. They're sitting in seventh. They show no signs of even coming close to beating a Liverpool, Chelsea, or Manchester City. Of course, Manchester City is in a tier of his own right now. And PSG is winning what? The French League? Who cares? Sorry, Messi. you got to win the Champions League. You decided to leave La Liga. You don't even have Real, Ma- Real Madrid to beat. So what are you going to do? Where, where are you going to get noticed? Because it kind of seems like you're both in a really strange spot right now and running into the sunset at the end of your career. You're going to play with more talent, which we all love and enjoy. And I like PSG. I'm not, I'm not saying like I don't want to see them play or I don't want to see Messi play with Neymar and Mbappe, but it doesn't seem like they're the kings of the leagues anymore. A transition period. Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi are no longer the two best players in the world right now. No longer are they the two best players in the world. There has been a significant drop-off this year. Now, I will say they are older in age, and both one of them played in the Euro and the other one played in the Copa America. But for me, why can't we just call it how it is? There's a down year. They're not staying consistent. They haven't played well. Lionel Messi hasn't really showed up as much as I mean you're arguably playing with the best front line I've seen in such a long time with Neymar and Mbappe Messi is not just glorified for his goal scoring he's glorified it because he's an amazing goal scorer plus he creates chances and opportunities for others he's not doing it Cristiano Ronaldo puts the team on his back and carries them he's not doing it Things have changed. I know a lot has gone on, but we they're great players. There will always be great players and probably the two best players that have ever played this game. Something happened this year with both of them. They took a step back. Now, maybe with 
the end of the season, whatever happens in Champions League, the French League, and the EPL, here going forward, with that summer off and them going into the World Cup maybe a little bit fresher, and maybe they take advantage of how this next season will play out, maybe they'll be back on the top of their game. But as far as right now, I am bold enough to say that Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi are not the two best players in the world anymore. And if you tune in next time, I will give you the two best players I think in the world are right now. Um, thanks for listening to this podcast episode of Project Sports. Welcome to 2022, guys. Um, it's going to be an exciting year. Like I said at the beginning, I'm going to try to get two episodes episodes out per week. Um, this is going to be a great year for Project Sports. Hopefully not as many big gaps in between episodes because... I have a lot going in the direction that I want to for the program, and I'm going to make time that is specific for the episodes. It should be great, and I'm excited about it. And maybe we'll, who knows, maybe by the end of this year, we'll have some sort of YouTube video-esque style quality of the podcast. I don't know. I, I, I've bounced around different ideas, and I, I've also... It, I've also started entertaining the idea if there's someone out there who wants to join the show permanently or come out with their own solo podcast underneath the Project Sports name, you can shoot me an email, projectsportspod at gmail.com. Let me know. Thanks for listening to the show. Take care.